One of them is dual enrollment. So you can start taking college classes for free or at a reduced price and you could try and graduate early and figure out what's most important to you, which is definitely not shoes. Um, and I try to teach people and you know, when I go to schools, I say it's great to have shoes, but it's not that great if you don't have a, a closet to put your shoes in after graduation. Hi, this is Shlomo Salson, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast. Before I continue with the interview, I'm trying to inspire you as a teenage kid to overcome any struggles you may have, like anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts. So if you are in a funk or you're feeling negative, I have compiled a list of seven quick and easy ways you can feel better about yourself. This is something I've compiled based off of the interviews I have done and based off of my experiences. If you have a friend who's in a funk or feeling negative, go ahead, share the Teenage Impact podcast with them because I've done plenty of interviews that all of us can relate to. Today, I have a special guest with me, Amara Leggett. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. She's also known as the young legend, correct? A young legend. Yes. <laughs> uh, she is definitely a young a legend. She's an 18-year-old entrepreneur. The second 18-year-old entrepreneur I have done in a row. I did one earlier this week on someone in California. And uh, by the age of 16, she graduated high school college and started a business mm -hmm. not only that but she's spoken around the country at conferences and def different businesses yep. she she's also an author so she can tell you a little bit more about her book but it hasn't been an easy journey for her because as a teenager she experienced a lot of struggles such as bullying and feeling like an outcast and because of that she dreaded going to school so Amara, how about you tell us about your bullying experience, experiences in the past five or six years? Yeah, so I would like to say that it hasn't been too bad compared to other people. Okay. But because I didn't have an iPhone, I didn't have Jordans, um, people would make fun of me because of simple things. Luckily, it was just verbal, wasn't physical or anything like that. Um, but I really fell into business. It was just something I kind of discovered. I understood um, the business mindset and like hustling for your future, not for the present. And I think I noticed that I looked around and saw what people were doing. They were spending all their money on shoes. Um, they were spending their time on standing in iPhone lines and um, wasting time during class to get the iPhone update. And I just, it was um, a big realization for me. So during that time, I became obsessed with business. And I spent about two years from eighth grade to freshman year of high school trying to figure out what business I wanted to start. So dealing with what I saw people were doing to each other in school, which was, you know, making fun of each other for shoes and also realizing um, the power in starting a business. I was in my own head for two years trying to figure that out. And eventually I just kind of realized there are some businesses you can start with 99 cents or even zero dollars. And that's where it started. But why business? Uh, what led you to business? So one, I think it came from a little bit of wanting money. Um, I will be honest with you. But I also think I became obsessed with building a legacy. So I was looking at a lot of rich people. I was looking at influential business leaders and just influential like society leaders too. 
And I realized they all had this thing in common towards the end of their life. And even after they died, because I knew them and it was this thing called legacy. Mm -hmm. So at 13, 14 years old, I was like, I want to build a legacy. What does that entail? Maybe that means um, taking, you know, financial responsibility into my own hands, um, being able to control where I put my money and being able to impact people in whatever way I feel at that moment is best. So kind of led to business. Okay. And then tell us, um, let's rewind a little bit back before you started the business or wanted to do business. How did you get bullied? Um, did people just make fun of you um, for your shoes? Or I know you felt excluded for not having social media. Yes. So I chose not to do social media and I'm glad that I didn't because it really took up people's time. <laughs> and now that I do have it, I have to control myself. But yes, I think um, at the time they felt like that was really the only way that they could hang out with you, which was weird. It's not like we can just hang out at school or hang out, you know, on the weekends. It was more of like, if you're not on kick Instagram or something like that, then you're, I can't hang out with you, which was weird. So it was like a natural push. People stopped hanging out with me. Um, but also it was shoes. They would be like, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> I have one in my book where I wore some um, like white shoes that kind of look like the Nike shoes that people wear now. And people made fun of me like in the middle of the hallway. And I thought it was so weird. Everybody was looking and this girl that I thought was my friend and we had boundaries. Like I was always a smart kid who helped all the cool kids with their homework. So I was like, you know, I was really good when it came to being in the cool crowd, but eventually they just made fun of me. These were the shoes that I hadn't worn at school, but I decided to wear them once because I actually liked them and they made fun of me for it. And ever since then, I was like, this is a waste of time. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I realized like, even when I went to a different hi high school for um, freshman year, it was like, they would just make fun of kids in the hallways after lunch if they had something that looked like vans that weren't vans it was pretty ridiculous it was hard to keep up with if you didn't have uggs if you were anything other than uggs they would make fun of you for that too i mean it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> that's crazy i i interviewed uh king na uh um last week and he got bullied for his shoes and then he made a he made a video about it his post on viral at nine years old that's yeah. pretty crazy and what tips would you have for someone who is getting bullied for their clothes? Yeah, so um, to be like r realistic when it comes to shoes and clothes, I definitely find, <laughs> I found that I, cho you know, I chose a brand that I feel like I could afford so that I could avoid getting made fun of um, if people still want to remain in that environment. But I also talk about like understanding that that's not important. If you would like to pursue your education in whatever way, there's even some kids who have been through a lot, you know, by the time they get to high school and they're like, I'm done with school. Like, it's just irrelevant to me. I give them options. And one of them is dual enrollment. So you can start taking college classes for free or at a reduced price. And you could try and graduate early and figure out what's most important to you, which is definitely not shoes. Um, and I try to teach people. And, you know, when I go to schools, I say it's great to have shoes, but it's not that great if you don't have a, a closet to put your shoes in after graduation. I love that approach. So you tell people who can't really, maybe the families can't afford, um, mm -hmm. you know, more expensive clothes or they choose not to wear more expensive clothes and you put them in a route where, Hey, it's not about the clothes. Yeah. If you know, you can have the clothes, but later down the line, 
the clothes won't matter if you don't have a nice future. Right. Correct. And, and okay, let's now let's move on to, you know, you start, you're starting to learn business. When did you realize that you wanted to start taking college classes and graduate high school and college early? So that was in eighth grade. There was a dual enrollment class that was located in my state. It was new to the state, but like in Florida, it's been around for a really long time. Um, And I went to the meeting and I figured out it was free at the time. There were very little limitations because it was a new program and they were offering it to anyone who knew about it. So eighth grade, I knew freshman year of high school, I would start taking high school classes because really I left middle school with seven high school credits completed. So when I went to high school and scheduled for classes, they were trying to add some fluff classes in there that like took up my schedule just to keep me at the high school, but it really wasn't important. So I knew that take out the fluff classes, add in the classes that would be important towards my college education. And ever since then, it you know, I increased my college load and I was able to graduate early. So you were taking college and high school classes at the same time? Yes, but if you take college classes, it counts as high school and college credit. So when you first start, you still have high school classes you need to take to take the end of course exams that they have. But you also, when you take college classes, it can count as a high school credit for a specific class. You have to get it approved by your high school, but it is possible. Okay, and when you're taking the college classes, do you still have to go to high school? So... No, eventually, once I was able to get more college classes and less high school, I went full-time college. But when I first started, I would leave at one o'clock every day from high school, and I would go to college classes on Tuesday and Thursday. So when you start out, you'll start out with more high school classes just because you're learning the college environment, the college curriculum, and also like getting your classes aligned. You need to make sure you're ready to graduate at 18, but also achieving what you want in college, whether that's an associate's degree, a four-year degree, you can also do that as well. Now, what would you tell someone who, you know, wants to, you know, make a difference like you are, Mm -hmm. um, but they're kind of scared to graduate college at an early age because of maybe they might be missing out on college and their experiences? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a tough one. And that's one of the things I realized when I was pursuing this um, journey of teaching other people about dual enrollment is they want to experience high school and college. I think you have to figure out for yourself, if that's all that you want, that's fine. But do understand the consequences of that, right? So if you're going into college with no high school, cl- with no college classes already done, And let's say you don't have parents paying for your college education. Know that there are student loans, what that takes when you come out of college, when you are trying to buy a house, trying to buy a car and save up for retirement. Know all those options. But also know that this experience that they've sold us on is not everything. So they're trying to brand colleges for a reason. But if you see the student debt crisis, like that may be the fall of the um, of our economic prosperity because of it. So I think just giving people all the options, and that's what I'm really an advocate for, the right education. So telling everyone you can do dual enrollment, you can take um, college exams, and you can get college credit for that without doing the class. So you can sign up for an exam, you can study, you can get the book, and if you take that and pass the exam, you get college credit without taking the class. 
So that's a way to say money would be, I think, $89. So there's two types of um, exam distribution centers that you can do. There's also AP. I don't recommend it as much. I recommend college classes, but those are a way to do it. And also just homeschool, if that's a way to, if you want to start business, if you want to start leaving a legacy, let's say activism, um, homeschooling is a way to go too because you can get through it much faster and in the summer you can do high school classes. So, Is there a significant cost reduction in actually going to college? Um, early? Yes. Yes. So for me, I saved $20,000. Um, wow. And to put that in perspective, I graduated high school at 16. If I would have stayed in high school, I would have got my four-year education paid for for free. So I would have saved 40000 $60,000. Um, but I chose to graduate because I knew I would be moving out of state. And with that comes like different requirements in high school, college. So. Okay, now let's transition into you starting a business. Mm -hmm. uh, what type of business do you own? So when I first started, I started a blog. Okay. Um, I had free guides to graduate early, a guide to starting a business. Now I am a motivational speaker, so which is kind of expanding into different things because now I've been in business for a while. Um, I'm an author, so all my book sales are part of the business. And then um, consulting, any consulting work that I do, that's a part of that too. Um, also like brand partnerships and yeah, influencing. <laughs> mm -hmm. What book do you have out? Yeah, so I have right here, The Strategic Mind of a Young Legend. So one thing I noticed when I started speaking was there were a lot of things missing. I couldn't tell. I didn't have time to tell. And really, it was all the conversations that led up to who I am now, starting in third grade when we started talking about college. But it also teaches people how to leverage the resources around them to gain access to success. So for me, that meant Starting my blog, it was a free website and a 99 cent domain name, and I started putting out content. And I think we live in a world now where you don't have to be an expert. You can share the journey and become the expert eventually, but you can sell people on that. So, um, yeah, I teach people like real world strategies because we put information on a platform. They make it hard for us to get to it. But really, we're in the day and age where somebody can put it and then everybody can find it. So that's what I try to do. I try to teach people how to build a brand from nothing. Um, some things that they can do in their own lives to find like happiness, know about the law of attraction, things like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful stuff at such a young age. And yeah. uh, you, you've spoken around the country. Uh, what's some of your favorite cities you have spoken at? Uh, I love New York. That uh -huh. was nice. Of course. <laughs> in February in the winter and I've been there in the summer. That's interesting. Like walking around all the time. But now that they have new Hudson Yards, that's really pretty. Um, and then I've spoken in Florida. I also like Jersey. So I went to Red Bank, New Jersey. It's really pretty there. Jersey City is okay. Kind of gives you like the New York feel. But yeah. And then mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be going to New Orleans next year. So that'll be the first time I've been there. So. Mm -hmm. oh, besides the city itself, what... Mm -hmm would you say what speaking engagement was your favorite as far as the experience in the crowd? Oh, that's a tough one. Hmm. So I'll give you two. My first paid speaking engagement, that was really important. It was in my community. It was by somebody that I had no idea was a TV personality who had graduated from um, the public university we have. So we're big on football in Ohio. 
And that was nice because I learned a lot during that time. So first, I dressed really professional and people were surprised that I dressed that way when I came in to speak. Two, I had pitched that person and she offered to pay me $500, which was amazing. And I was like, uh, sure, but really that's the speaker fee I had set forth, but I kind of like abandoned it after I'd been yeah. pitching for a while. And then, um, you know, I had this speech memorized for my TEDx talk, but when I went up there, I just, it was different. Like my mind chose different words to say and being able to speak to kids, that was nice, but I just learned a lot about what it's going to take to be a person of value and speaking on a stage all the time and having to work with your nerves. That's really important too. And then my second one was speaking in New York. That was the first corporate speaking engagement that I did. Um, they ended up purchasing a hundred books. They have now wow. purchased 300 books total um, over time. So yeah, but it was a great experience because I got to know what um, adults want from a kid. And now Gen Z is like really popular. I just did a Gen Z panel. That was really interesting. My first time doing I that. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was really interesting. So. Okay. I mean, just to build off of what you said, how you memorize your TEDx talk and you end up giving like almost a completely different speech or a similar speech. Um, that happens a lot. And yeah. what I would um, tell all young speakers or even adults to do is don't focus on memorizing the speech because when you focus on memorizing the speech, you get tripped up. If mm -hmm. you don't, if you forget to say a sentence or a specific word or a specific tip, it's all about people need to like you and your um, authenticity need to come out. Yes. Although I would say that when you memorize it to a certain level, it's like mm -hmm. past memorization. It's like yeah. all in, in your body that, when you forget a sentence or you trip up or you hear like a baby crying or somebody falls, like you're able to find where you were lost and continue, but you're also like, make sure you laugh or if people are yeah. clapping for you. So when I did my TEDx talk, I mean, I was past memorization. Like it was in me. Yeah. So I had recorded myself on my phone and I listened to it while I was asleep. I was walking when I was showering, when I was listening to music, I would play it. And it helped. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of my, I, I was in Toastmasters competition and I oh, wow. went up to the district level and I got up to that point where I think my friends and family members had it memorized as well. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I got to that point. But okay, you have a 16-year-old like yourself who, who started a business. What would you tell the 16-year-old who's still in school might have a part-time job, has extracurricular activities, right. trying to balance family time, but they want to start a business. What would you tell them? So I'd tell them when I'm doing it myself, I work um, about 25 hours a week. I go to school and I'm running my business. I think time management is really important, but knowing, um, not, not balance, more like what you're doing so if you can find time during school you'll understand it's not work everything you're doing is not work it's um part of your life so if i'm in school and i have a little bit of time to respond to emails i'll do that like as soon as i get off of work if i do a podcast interview i'll do that i think finding what you love inside everything so if there's a part of work that you really like find it because really that'll keep you 
um, grounded but focused to and have your goals. So if you know I'm only supposed to dedicate five hours on Saturday to make sure I have family time, do that time block so that you know I put in five hours and you get the most done in that time to produce and then achieve your results. Yeah, you must enjoy what you do. That's yes. the biggest, biggest thing is if you don't just start a business because everyone else is doing it. Right. Um, um, business is about not only solving the problem, but you mm-hmm. must enjoy the process and things will get tough. Yep, it will. And what's, uh, as a young entrepreneur, what's the best and worst piece of advice you have received? Um, so my... This is a little weird, but my worst piece of advice is people giving me advice when I didn't ask for it. Um, people love to give me advice about everything because they think I'm a kid, and which is fine, but really age is just the number, I think, at this point. So I don't like when people feel to advise me all the time and I didn't ask for it, or they feel like they want to be their my mentor, which is weird. They just call themselves my mentor all of a sudden. My best piece of advice was when I was about to do my TEDx talk. I was about to walk on the stage and the person who was going before me, she said, um, like, don't be nervous. Instead of thinking about you about to go on the stage, imagine how you will feel after you've done that frightening thing. And really you're here for them. You're here to give them value. So it's less about you, more about them. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I could totally relate to the worst piece of advice. Um, I'm, you know, I'm 28 and I hear advice all the time yeah. from people. And I've, I mean, I've worked at a startup for about six years full time and it's like getting like an MBA degree more because I've, um, I've actually, you know, I was the first employee and we've grown and gone through all the failures and mm-hmm. people just love giving you advice. <laughs> they want that forever. I think once I started networking with people, yeah. I had like a large network. I was getting, you know, coffee with people. They would find that as the time to give me advice or they would like get, get on a call with me, assuming that I need advice. It was, it was always weird. Mm-hmm. And then I have to like shut them down. I don't need mm-hmm. advice. I appreciate and, it. And not that, not that getting advice is bad because you have right. to choose who to take advice from. Yes. Don't take advice they from are everybody. Where you're at. You don't need that advice. If if you want to be like uh, an international speaker, take mm-hmm. advice from people who are speaking internationally. Don't yes. take advice from people who are only speaking locally. Right. Yeah. Yep. You want to be like someone. Um, let's see. What is the hardest thing you've had to overcome as a teenage entrepreneur? That's a good question. I think the hardest thing um, that I've experienced is not making money out of the business that I wanted to make money out of. So when I started my blog, I knew you can make money blogging. And that was like the end goal. But really, it was just to provide value to my community. But once I had been doing it for a while, I wanted to start making money. And I tried and tried and tried and just wasn't working. Because I wanted to do it from, you know, influencing, which really promoting other people's products, doing Amazon. Um, and eventually it turned into like using the blog as a vehicle to promote what I'm an expert in so that people can book me to speak or sell books. Gotcha. So 
eventually my blog has turned in into a way to make money in other ways. But that was really hard to overcome realizing what I wanted to make money from. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. That's, that's an amazing story and you just got to pivot. Right. Um, And I think my audience wouldn't want to buy things in the way that other blog, Uh other blog audiences do. So you have to understand what your audience is and really minds with students, parents, and educators. Would they be buying books all the time about, you know, whatever I was trying to promote? Not really, but will they buy my speaking service, my consulting service, or my book? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Where do you yeah. see your business going in the next five years? It changes all the time. Okay. But um, I see right now definitely influencing. So when I started and since I've been on Instagram for only about a little over a year, almost two years. It's been more of like, even though I only have, you know, over 900 followers, I have a really big influence. I'm very, you know, the people are very engaged with me. So brands are looking more for like an expert in Gen Z or a representative of Gen Z's. So that'll be exciting to do. I don't think I'll do another book right now because I have a title in mind. So I know what goal I need to achieve to write that book. Curriculum is definitely another one. And then going international. So um, I know a lot of people in like South Africa that are doing great work. So collaboration too. That's awesome. And yeah. um, just to, just to tell um, anyone who is listening, mm-hmm. um, do not let age intimidate you. Because, because I, I learned the most from people who are younger than me. It's, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. And um, I had a mentor tell me right after I graduated college, and I was afraid of going into speaking because I said, people are not going to take me seriously. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't speak to someone who is 40 years old. Right. This 23-year-old is telling me uh, what to do. But he told me something that stuck with me. He said, if you provide value and if you show them on how to do something that they're not aware of, they mm-hmm. will listen. Yes. And I, I experienced that and I still do now. Like I still have major imposter syndrome. Like I'm not doing my best or I'm a fraud a lot too. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I first did my speaking engagement, it was like everybody was hooked. So anytime I do an event, I mostly like sell out of my books. I mean, people are really hooked on my story and it's so weird because it's just normal for me. But I noticed I could take advantage of that. I could make a lifestyle, um, a source of income from it. So I think just watching how the people engage with you is really good too. It like, you know, reaffirms what you have. So for example, when I stopped blogging for a little bit, I was taking a break for school and I was kind of like down in the dumps about, Um, my blog audience and the money that I wanted to make. And as I was like freaking out about my blog, I got an email that little bit of time that I was freaking out saying, I hope you're okay. I know you wrote a a blog post about, you know, coming into 2019, you were a little less motivated. I just want to let you know, like me, you know, I read your blog posts to the kids every day they get off of the school bus. And it's like, it's so weird. And that happens every single time. So good for you. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I want to just ask some personal questions. You know, who do, who do you look up to? What, what are, who are some of your role models? 
So definitely other kids that now we're getting older, that'll be really important to watch what we do. And when we start taking roles in companies, when we start taking roles in politics to Congress, and then becoming entrepreneurs and evolving, that'll be exciting to see. And because we all have this network and we've grown up and started change together, it'll be nice to see what we do with more power. Mm -hmm. um, but also my mother, she's um, an entrepreneur. That's where I learned business. And she's my momager. So it's <laughs> been like traveling together and everything like that. Good for you. Good for you. And what do you like to do when you're not inspiring other people? I like to read. I like to read about my history and make sure I'm more informed and really being a thought leader. So I think with social media, you can like fall into the traps of thinking the same way, talking to others about the same thing. And I want to come up with different ideas. I want to make sure I'm innovating like my thoughts. Um, and then really it's more of um, going to events. I love going to events. I love networking. That's what I find enjoyable. So when I get the chance, I love to do that and offer my help. I think that's a great way to build a community, mm -hmm. especially here in a new state. That's what I started out in Ohio. Um, I spent about a summer. I went to three to five events, you know, every week and I built up a network by the end of the summer. It was crazy. And people like adults were asking me, they were saying, Oh, I just started this new job and I'd like to see if you could introduce me to this person. I mean, it was pretty crazy <laughs> because people were, um, googly eyed over the network I had built up. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And do you have any last tips? for um, someone who might be going through a tough time like bullying or maybe wants to start up their own business? Yes. So I'll give you one quote and then three steps. One, I think every setback is a setup for a comeback. That's really good. I, think I love I started, it. Yeah. When I started dual enrollment, I needed to do that every single semester and know where to go next to follow my goal of graduating. So, and then also when I did my TEDx talk, I had three steps to a successful plan. The first one was um, kind of like think 20 years into the future and work backwards, but also set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you've grown into the person who can. So thinking outside of yourself, what do you think you can achieve? Knowing that you would have to transform into that person to achieve it. Two, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. And then step three, um, rejection tests whether you're serious about your dreams. And it could also test whether not what your dreams are and how you want to achieve it, but like what's the right way to go to achieve it. So with my blog, I knew that I wanted to make an impact, making money that way. But really, you know, the universe has kind of steered me more into speaking and being an influencer in my own way. So teaching people about education but the right education. And then now it's moving more into business. So. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Follow those three step, uh, uh, that three step method. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and where can people find you? So my website is ayounglegend.com. Don't forget the a you can find my social media on there. Um, you can also find my book so you can get an author signed copy and then you can purchase it from Amazon. And then really Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I just started a Twitter, so that'll be interesting. But you can really stay updated on the things I'm working on. 
and reach out to me if you have any questions too. So my website, you can con fill out the contact form, but DM me or anything if you ever have any questions. Um, that's what has kind of gotten me to where I am now is always answering questions and mm -hmm. being involved with people and showing that I'm available. They're not alone. So we're all in this together. Go buy her book. You heard that everyone <laughs> go buy her book. I know. I just put my, uh, free 10 step guide to graduate early in here too. So uh -huh. I'm pretty sure it's knowledgeable. And, and for my listeners, if you haven't done so already, go ahead. Um, DM me, my Instagram handle is going to be in the description, Ashloma Salson. DM me to join my close friends group because I'm going to be having tips and sharing experiences with everyone that I don't do with people on my podcast or my regular story or my post. So go ahead, DM me to be in my close friends group and stay on for the next few minutes where I um, summarize some of the takeaways of this podcast. Thank you, Amara. Thank you. Amara Lega was the second 18-year-old entrepreneur I interviewed. She is just an exceptional, exceptional young lady. She's 18 years old, and by 16, she graduated high school, college, started a business, but she got bullied a lot as a younger kid. And I, I want to go over the three takeaways from the interview. The first takeaway is don't worry about what people say about your clothes. Um, just like King Na, King Na got bullied for his shoes. Amara also got bullied for his shoes, not having up-to-date technology, not being on social media. Because when you worry about what you wear, you're not worrying about the future. You're not worried about investing yourself to better yourself so you can have a better future later on in life. The kids who are worrying about their clothes, what devices they're wearing, what people are doing on social media, are the people who are not investing in the future. It's called delayed gratification. The difference between delayed gratification and instant gratification, when you buy new clothes, you get instant gratification. When you don't buy new clothes and invest in your future, like reading and starting a business, 10 years down the line, those kids who are making fun of you are going to be the same kids who are going to be saying, oh, I wish I would have invested in my future and I made fun of that kid for what he or she wore um, as shoes. The second takeaway was you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. A lot of times uh, people who are young at 15, 16, 17 years old are worried that if they start a business, people are not going to be taking them seriously. But guess what? Maybe people won't take you seriously in the beginning, but it's okay. But once you start, once you provide people value, once you start making money, then people who are much older than you are going to say, wow, that person is providing great value. I'm going to pay attention to him or her. So don't worry about your outcome. Just start, fail, fail, fail. And then eventually you're going to find rhythm and build momentum. The third takeaway is if you're going to start something, make sure you love doing it. You're in school. You might have a part-time job. You have a boyfriend or girlfriend. You have family. You have extracurricular activities. That's going to be so hard to manage everything. And things will get tough at times. And that's why people don't start. What people don't realize is if you work hard, make sure you work hard at something you love. Amara was doing things she loved. Her blog site, her speaking, her book. Those are all the things she enjoyed. And she had a tough time doing it while balancing 
everything else that's going on in your life, in her life. So if you're going to start something, don't start it for the fame. Don't start it for the followers. Don't start it for the money. But start it because you enjoy it, because you want to provide some type of value. Once again, DM me at Shlomo Salson. Uh, DM me to join my close friends group. I'm going to be talking about personal experiences and tips I don't talk about in my podcast, my YouTube, or my book, or my regular Instagram story. So go ahead, DM me, and stay tuned for my future podcast. Peace.